only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Wendy's breakfast biscuits, just a dollar. So get a Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit for just a buck each. Limited time only. Participating Wendy's offer only applies to bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuits. Limit five qualifying items per transaction and per person per day. Not valid in a combo. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host today, Tina Smith. Tina filling in for Carol Zernio, who is on special assignment. Tina's Director of Caregiver Program Operations for the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's got a master's in social gerontology from the University of Central Missouri and a Bachelor of Science in Psychology from the University of Missouri at Columbia. And we are delighted in just a moment to welcome a frequent contributor to Caregiver SOS on air and to the Charitable Foundation's teleconnection as well. And before we bring, bring Barry Jacobs on board, uh, Tina Smith, for those who don't know, first of all, delighted to be with you. Thank you. What is the teleconnection? Absolutely. Well, thank you for, for having I would always enjoy being with you, Ron. Um, the teleconnection, just quickly, we have hour-long learning sessions that we do uh, primarily online uh, these days where you can come and listen to an expert such as Barry Jacobs uh, talk about different caregiving issues. And so uh, just a chance to listen to the expert and then have an opportunity to ask questions and hear from other caregivers as well. And I think the beauty of it is it's low tech. All yes. you need is a telephone. At the very basic. Absolutely. We do things on Zoom these days, but you can just call into Zoom. You don't even have to have right. online access. That's pretty cool. Well, Barry Jacobs, who has been with us before, uh, is a, a wonderful guest. He's got a psych D and works in the Philadelphia area is a clinical psychologist. He's a healthcare consultant, co-author of AARP's Meditations for Caregivers, also writes a monthly self-help column for family caregivers on aarp.org, and he's a frequent guest expert on the caregiver teleconnection, as you just heard Tina say. And one of the focuses for today's discussion, Barry Jacobs, is the importance of keeping a caregiving journal, which you have written about. Uh, First of all, thanks for coming back with us. Hey, my pleasure, Ron. I'd love to, to be with you and Tina, and uh, this is an important topic that we're talking about today. Well, tell us why. What do you mean by a caregiver journal? Well, uh, I mean, another, uh, another word is diary. I mean, it's, so it's, it's something happens when we take the time to write about our experiences. We tend to process it a little differently. We uh, can sort of step back out of that experience and, and learn things about ourselves, understand that experience differently. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's been a kind of tried and true method for people to cope and reflect on their lives for millennia. And for those who've never kept a journal, uh, once you make it a habit, it's a habit that becomes tough to break. Uh, I mean, if you do it daily, and there are many people who do, uh, it, it, is a, it's, it becomes like your confidant, right? Writing in your journal, you, you, you share what's happened that day, what's on your mind. Um, it's a way of uh, basically just getting things off, off your chest and there are folks that, that really rely on it as a way to cope. Um, I kept a caregiving journal during the seven years that I was a caregiver for my, my mother and stepfather. 
uh, during uh, while they had dementia. I didn't do it every day, but I would do it every, whenever I felt moved by it, uh, by, by whatever the events uh, were occurring. And and it, I found that it, it was very helpful. And now, years later, going back and, and rereading what I wrote has, has been very enlightening for me. What are some of the things you wrote? I mean, some of the things I wrote were completely mundane. I mean, I, I, I wrote things about how, um, for instance, my stepfather, who had, unfortunately, very bad Alzheimer's disease, that he would become very agitated at times. And so I would, I would uh, describe the agitation and then how I tried to calm him down and whether it worked or didn't work. Um, I talked about uh, simple things like uh, waiting for an hour in the doctor's office or uh, maybe having, uh, frankly, uh, you know, maybe a, a tiff with my wife about um, how much time I might have been spending with my mom rather than spending with her and, and, and our kids. So, I mean, the sort, of, the sort of mundane, everyday things that happen to caregivers uh, in, in the course of their caregiving. But it, it, uh, by keeping a journal, I was able to, to really log my thoughts uh, in, in a way that, that helped me um, uh, get, gain some distance from the caregiving experience and, and distance that I needed so that I, I, I wasn't feeling overwhelmed while, you know, during that, that experience. Tina, do you encourage the caregivers you work with to keep a journal? Absolutely. Well, we encourage some sort of stress management technique to incorporate into a, you know, just their daily routine, whatever works for them. But certainly journaling is something that we talk about uh, because, I mean, Barry's right, something about just putting it down on paper uh, can give you that release. Um, we also talk to the caregivers. There's no one right way or wrong way to, to journal because some people may be intimidated. So I was going to ask Barry if you had any tips for people on, you know, they may think, well, I'm not a writer, so journaling's not for me. But how do you how do you break that barrier? Uh, I mean, a few ways. So, I mean, we may not be writers, but most of us in our lives have been emailers or letter writers. And so sometimes it's, it's helpful to imagine who you're writing to. So uh, what I've seen people do is they'll, they'll imagine they're writing to the person that they're caring for. They'll imagine they're writing to maybe somebody who was very close to them who's no longer here. Or they may write write something to, to their future selves. Uh, you know, I may 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 write something to, to you know ten years from now. Look, you know, just the Barry Jacobs that that will be. Um, here's what I'm what I'm experiencing now. I just want you to know about this. And so, when we have a, a kind of person in mind, then we it becomes more free flowing. It doesn't have to be especially well written or grammatical. It's really just getting thoughts down, uh, not necessarily even on paper. You know, many people do this on their smartphones or on a computer. And, uh, and, and sometimes people would just write lists of things that they have to do. And then other people keep things like gratitude journals, which are, are, are more specific types of journals uh, to help them reflect on, you know, the blessings that they have in their lives, despite the fact that they may be doing some pretty tough caregiving. Now, for those of you who may have just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Tina Smith, who is filling in for Carol Zerniel. And we're talking to a frequent guest who does a great job every time he is with us, Dr. Barry Jacobs, a clinical psychologist. We're talking about caregiving and journals and why journaling can be effective. And Barry, I, I want to pick up on a word you used just a little while ago. Uh, you said your, your, your father had bad Alzheimer's. Is there good Alzheimer's? Uh, no, and I think you uh, you you are rightly correcting me <clears throat> because all Alzheimer's dementia is 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 pretty tough tough going. So what I should have said is he had he had very severe Alzheimer's disease. So Al Alzheimer's, as with all diseases, 
as mild forms, moderate forms, and severe forms that have to do with where an individual is in the progression of the disease. And at the time that I was writing my journal, <clears throat> my, my stepfather was quite advanced in his disease and was extremely confused, uh, often upset uh, and, and behaviorally agitated, would, would pace, would scream and yell, would stomp, you know, would stomp around. Um, it could be a little bit scary. And for you, uh, that clearly was bad Alzheimer's. I wasn't trying to jump on you. I just thought it was interesting uh, to use that characterization because what you were experiencing was how that disease can be awful. That disease um, in its late stages is generally awful. And not everybody becomes agitated like my stepfather did. <clears throat> Oftentimes, many people just become extremely quiet and, and uh, almost inert, just sitting in one place. Um, but what is uh, true across the board is uh, in the advanced stages of the disease, the person who you knew is gone. I mean, they're, they're, they're still there in body, but their personality, their, their sense of humor, all the things that made them who they were um, are, are not in evidence anymore. And it's, it's really heartbreaking. And so when, it, when I was keeping my caregiving journal, I, I often wrote about that, uh, not, not just with my, my stepfather, but unfortunately later on, my mother developed dementia and running about um, having uh, maybe uh, arguments with her about something, but her, you know, noting that she wasn't able to use the language that she used to have because as part of her dementia, she developed something called aphasia, which was the inability to, to, to really use language as efficiently as, as, as she once did. And so um, I, I was keeping a journal and it was very much about the experiences that were occurring day to day and how I was feeling about those experiences, but it was also a way of, of, of keeping track of their symptoms because I could read over time how, how they were changing as a result of the, the illnesses they each had. You mentioned aphasia, that's what uh, publicly his family said Bruce Willis now struggles with. That's, that's exactly right. I, I, I mean, there are uh, different forms of aphasia, and I don't know what form Bruce Willis has, but uh, anytime somebody has uh, some sort of uh, neurological deficit, which is interfering with their ability to either express language or understand language, uh, we call that aphasia. Uh, and oftentimes when people have either expressive aphasia or uh, receptive aphasia, they, you know, inability to express things or inability to understand things that are said to them, they have both. And, and they get, as a consequence, they're, they're really uh, somewhat cut off from other people because they, they can't, ex can't communicate the way they ordinarily would. Interesting. Once a celebrity is diagnosed with a disease, uh, it's awful for them, but it's a public service to let the world know about it because we then, like we're doing now, uh, talk about it even more. Uh, yes, I mean, I, I think it's it's really admirable of, of, of uh, Mr. Willis and his family to share that information uh, rather than, uh, you know, live in shame that he has this, this condition uh, to share with the world and, and help normalize that many people have have aphasia as a symptom. It's generally a symptom of, of other diseases and, and those other diseases could include dementia. You know, it's interesting as I listen to you talk about uh, journaling and, and writing in a diary, and what comes to mind is it's a great way to vent. You're letting your feelings out, you're sharing those feelings, uh, and you're doing it for yourself. Yes, I mean, I, so uh, exactly, I, I think you're venting. Um, I don't think that you should be showing your journal to other folks unless you're, you're particularly uh, comfortable with yourself uh, and, and what you're venting. I, I think that it works best when this is a, this is a private uh, communication that enables you to just uh, express yourself as freely as, as you might. 
and to to get things uh, out of your system that that uh, have been irritating you, and and sometimes just just that 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 catharsis, just getting things out, is is helpful. Now, did you write it by hand, or were you on a computer when you put your journal together? I I, I did it. Uh, my handwriting is. Uh, quite appalling. <laughs> and so uh, most of the time, if I write anything by hand, I can't ever read it again. So it's like, it's like instantly encoded. Um, so I did use my, my, uh, my word documents uh, on my computer. And uh, I mean, I, I have over, you know, you know the seven years, I, I was probably, I, there were times when I was journaling nearly every day, there were, there were times when months would go by and things were so kind of static that I didn't need to note anything. But um, in, in retrospect, I mean, I have now a, a, a kind of a story of, of what happened in, in caring first for my stepfather and then for my mother. Right. And, and in, in ways just, you know, it reflects a little bit about how I grew, how, you know, things that bothered me at the beginning uh, became sort of part of, of, of everyday life. And it didn't they didn't strike me as as particularly stressful. They, they just became part of what I what I had to take care of every day. We're going to talk more about journaling and caregiving with Dr. Barry Jacobs, our special guest today on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host today, Tina Smith, filling in for Carol Zerniel. And we thank you for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. Thank you so much for sticking with us here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Tina Smith is filling in today for Carol Zerniel, who is on special assignment. And we're talking about caregiving and journaling, keeping a diary. We're talking with Dr. Barry Jacobs. He lives in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a well-known expert on caregiving and a frequent guest on the Caregiver Teleconnection Program. And Barry, we've been talking about uh, keeping a diary about all the stuff that happens in a caregiver's life. And you mentioned off air uh, that there are also gratitude diaries. What are those? So uh, gratitude journals, gratitude diaries are um, something which more and more uh, folks are doing, not necessarily folks who are just caregivers, but in all walks of life. Uh, Basically, usually at the end of the day, uh, folks will reflect on their day and, and identify sometimes three, sometimes five things that happened that day for which they're grateful um, and it could be something as simple as uh, you know, having had a really good cup of coffee, or it could be that they uh, that they you know they finished a, a, a difficult project that they had been working on. Maybe it was the ten thousand word crossword, uh, the jigsaw puzzle for a cross you know that they had been uh, sweating over for months and months, and that's finally done. But uh, the thing, or it could be that uh, somebody who they they didn't know very well, had, they had a nice conversation with. Um, it could be anything. The, the idea here is that when we write down the things for which we're grateful, we're taking note of them in, in a special way. And there's something about that, about, about our, our attention being drawn to the positive 
that has uh, the research suggests has beneficial psychological effect for us. So people who keep gratitude journals um, have a tendency to have less depression, less anxiety. They're better, better able to see the silver linings in, in dark clouds because they, they literally become practiced at looking back on a day, even a day that was stressful, and picking out maybe the two or three instances in which they felt uh, joy, uh, they, they felt gratification in some way, um, and that that it's it, you know they're not all gloom and doom about about uh, what, what they experienced that day. I had yeah, one I of those. Say. Well, go ahead, Tina. I'm sorry. Well, that's, I, what I was just going to say, I imagine that maybe at first it might be a little challenging to find out those little you know those little silver linings of the day. But the more you do it, it's like a muscle almost. I would think that the more you do it, the easier those things are, or maybe the more open we are uh, to seeing them. I think so. So, I mean, what I often talk about with, with clients is that just the way that there are habits of behavior, there, there are habits of, of, of thinking, habits of mind. And so if, if you're, you're going through a tough time in your life, many people are, uh, their, their thinking is almost instantly drawn to, to all the difficult things that they're encountering. Um, but, but then it requires a real intentional effort, like through keeping a gratitude journal, to, to, to shift your attention from what has been negative to, to maybe even the few small things that have been positive. And as you say, Tina, when, when people first do that, it can feel just contrived. It can feel, feel very awkward. But that with, with practice, as with anything, people get better at it. And, and things that they may have taken for granted, um, for instance, that cup of coffee that I mentioned, uh, I mean, I'm not a coffee drinker, but there are many people who love their cup of coffee. They have their favorite cup of coffee, but if they're drinking the same cup, cup of coffee every day, they may not even think about it. It's just sort of like down the hatch it goes, but really savor it. And then later on to reflect on how good it was, you know, that, that just that small moment, it, it helps them derive greater joy from, from living because they've now, they've now uh, used this exercise of journaling as a way of, 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 of paying better attention to, to those joyful moments. And what does the physical act of writing it down, whether by a computer or by hand, what does that imprint in your brain? I mean, that's an interesting question, Ron. I, I don't, um, I mean, I suppose one could sit down and, and just say out loud, here are the three things I'm grateful for. Um, but and I, then they disappear into the vapor. Well, um, I mean, you know, it's not hard to delete what you write either, right? So that it could also <laughs> disappears into the vapor. But I, I think that there's something about the actual act of, of, of putting fingers to keyboard or putting pen to the paper that, um, that, that you, it's a state of concentration in doing that that, that helps uh, make the memory more last, lasting and, and impactful. You mentioned earlier that uh, uh, folks who write journals, who, who write letters, I, I, I'm uh, concerned about the lack of letter writing in this day and age, the uh, historical uh, records we have of some of the world's great thinkers often are captured in letters. Uh, these days, they're in Word documents, which may just disappear. Or they're in text, right? They're, I mean, mm -hmm. it's a big political scandal going on where there, there are all these these texts that, that are being dug up. Um, but I, I mean, I think I think we have, as a society, we don't obviously people don't sit down and write handwrite letters anymore. If you get a if you receive an envelope with a handwritten letter maybe twice a year, you kind of sit up and pay attention. It's like that, that's a big deal. That's true. Uh, but I, I think we're, you know, we get, we're sort of inundated with email. Most of it uh, of the, uh, of the advertising variety 
But when we get a, a heartfelt email from somebody that we care about, I think it serves the same function as the letter. And as you talk to people about gratitude and recording gratitude, especially caregivers who very often deal with the negative, uh, what's their response? Do they begin to turn around? Um, you know, it was interesting. I, I, uh, I did speak with a group of caregivers today, and um, there were some who had already uh, adopted this practice of gratitude journaling, and it, and uh, it was a group of about thirty-five caregivers. And so, the fact that they 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 said that they do this every day and they write down five things for which they're grateful for that day, um, I, it kind of let led lend some credibility to this idea for the rest of the group. That said, there were numbers of members of the group who felt so overwhelmed with their caregiving. They said, I, I, I can't think of positive things. I'm just, I'm just completely beset by the negative. I can't get my head out of, out of, the, out of the, the negative here. And, um, and so as, as Tina was saying, it, for them, it would really take some effort. And that the intention of capturing the positive, just a few positive things every day through writing would be a very good exercise for them because mostly they're feeling pretty down. Uh, about about what their experience has been, uh, and here not, not not to sugarcoat it, not to kind of put rose colored glasses on or anything, but but in the course of every day, there there's certainly a few things, simple things that we can all really relish. I mean, I'm looking out my window now, and, and it's uh, it's early spring here in Pennsylvania, and the, the leaves have a have a light green, which is which is lovely, and um, I see birds, and I, I mean. Things that we might not otherwise really pay much attention to because they they're just part of our environment, but to draw our attention to it means that, uh, that we we experience them differently and and they it, it, we we appreciate their beauty and, and importance more, and and so caregiving journaling is all about uh, drawing our attention in, in a in a structured way to to those nice you know meaningful and, and nice aspects of our world. I always enjoy some service organizations will begin uh, their weekly or quarterly meetings uh, with a session where members talk about what good things happen to them. What do they want to share with the group? And Carol Zerniel, very often when she has her team meetings, uh, will ask the same question. Share with us something that happened that makes you smile, that felt good. Uh, And by sharing that, it's interesting. Everybody else enjoys hearing it. Yeah, no, I I think... uh... Uh, some, in the same way that um, negativity can be contagious, I think positivity can be contagious. I think when everyone's having to, when someone has heard uh, about what a wonderful weekend, say Carol has had, and then they have to top that somehow, or maybe may may become even like a little bit of competitive positivity, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just guessing, but the, you know, then it makes them reflect on their own lives. Okay, so uh, maybe maybe they didn't go to some fancy dinner that night, but. What, uh, but maybe there was something else that was really important to them that they did. Maybe they saw their grandchild. Maybe they they uh, went for a walk. Maybe they um, uh, they wrote to a friend or had a phone call with somebody. Maybe they they did something which for which they're really proud. I mean, just just those small moments and, and sharing them with others again is noting them. It's giving them a special importance that um, that too often in life we don't because the, these, these, the, the onrush of events in our lives, things just go by very quickly without our really uh, kind of underscoring them and saying this is important enough to share. I, w- I wonder if like when we get, if somebody gets into the practice of, of finding the positive and looking for the positive, maybe becoming more intentional about being positive or making something positive happening, maybe that sense of control, you know, so, you know, they might be, they might, take a step to go see a friend because that would make them happy. You know, do you think that 
that might be part of a kind of an offshoot or a result of that? I, I think it is an offshoot of it. And the other thing that I think is an offshoot of it, and this kind of came up in the conversation I had with the group today, is people could identify the things external to them that, that they're grateful for, like the birds, like the coffee. But when I said to them, how about your focusing on the good things in yourself and in your performance as a caregiver, they actually had a, had a harder time with that. But people could say things like, you know, I made a pretty good meal or I did a pretty good job getting him dressed this morning or I got him to the doctor's office on time. Again, small things, but things which may have required a lot of effort and are, and are worth noting and perhaps celebrating. And then I think caregivers um, perhaps feel less guilty, perhaps uh, – uh, are more appreciative of, of the, the, the good that they're doing uh, while they're caregiving. Now, if folks want to get more of a Barry Jacobs fix, is there a website we can go to to learn more and to see some of your writings? Uh, sh- sure, Ron. I appreciate your asking. So uh, my wife and I have a website. It's www.loveandmeaning.com. Um, so love and meaning, all one word. And it, it has information about our, our, our books. Um, and then, um, as you mentioned earlier, I have a, a, a monthly column that I do on family caregiving for the AARP website. And if someone goes to the AARP website and puts my name into the, the search engine, lots and lots of articles will come up. I've written, I don't know, maybe 110, maybe more articles for them over Perfect. the last decade. Barry Jacobs, thank you so much for being with us as always. And uh, we appreciate what you do on the Caregiver Teleconnection as well. Thank you so much, Ron. Always a pleasure to be here. Great to see you too, Tina. And uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. For Tina Smith, I'm Ron Aaron. We will talk with you again soon right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. Executive producers for Caregiver SOS On Air are Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron. Our associate producer is Christy Romero. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.